Hey guys, welcome to Startups of the Week, Season 3. I'm Sophia Kanthara, and I'm here with Owen Thomas. Hey there. And Alex Wilhelm. Hello. And this week, we actually have a special guest with us as well. Yuna Kim is the CEO of Simple Habit, which is one of the companies that we'll be discussing. This week, we'll tell you all about Simple Habit, along with the startup that was acquired by Citrix and a company that received $100 million in funding. That's all coming up on Startups of the Week. So we're here today with Yuna Kim, the CEO of Simple Habit, which is a meditation app. Yuna, thanks so much for being here today. Thanks for having me here. So usually when we do this, I do a little intro about the startup. But since you're here, who better to learn more about the company than from the CEO? Um, Can you tell us a little bit about your app and why it's in the news this week? Mm, Sure. So we are a meditation app. Um, It is a platform of meditation teachers, therapists, and coaches to uh, share their audio content around common life problems or goals. So uh, a lot of our users come to Simple Habit because maybe they're going through something stressful like exams or general life um, uh, or Uh, people that are wanting to become a better mother, a better leader. Um, So we've got a lot of meditation. In fact, 1,500 of unique uh, session that are 5-minute, 10-minute, or 15-minute that you can listen to. But we also have content by therapists and executive coaches on some of these content as well. So these are not live or interactive sessions. They're recorded in advance. That's right. Um, By coaches, and then can you subscribe to a particular therapist or coach that you like and get more from them? Yeah, you can follow them. Um, Oftentimes, for usually our users end up uh, coming in with certain problem or goals, and then they end up uh, listening to a lot of different people. So, for example, uh, sleep is a huge problem. And in fact, I didn't get good night's sleep last night. <laughs> but uh, we have like probably 30, 40 different experts that are creating audio content around sleep. And Sophia, this is uh, the third meditation app that has actually come up on Startups of the Week. Is that right? That's right. So this season, mm-hmm. we've also featured Headspace mm-hmm. and Calm. Um, so this is the third one that we featured. And I wanted to ask you, so can you tell us a little bit about how you see the field of meditation apps growing? Yeah, is it, is it a trend? I mean, it seems mm. to be attracting a lot of kind of entrepreneurial energy. Why do you think that is? Yeah, that's a great question. I think one, uh, a lot of, uh, so for, I can kind of tell you why I started this company. Mm-hmm. So when I was uh, working on my previous startup, Locket, I was the highs and lows of an entrepreneurial journey was really hard. And, and I learned a big lesson about self-care. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't take care of myself. Oh. I worked too hard. And meditation changed my life. It has changed the way I respond to stress. And I've seen the, the impact and the benefit of it. So that's why I, start, I decided to create a platform like Simple Habit where you can get um, meditation from mm-hmm. the world's top uh, experts. Yeah, the reason why people are flocking to the app is I think stress is a huge problem. In fact, um, over 80% of Americans report that they're afflicted by stress. And let's say in the moment that you're so nervous for an interview Mm -hmm. or when you just got turned down by uh, with a job offer, um, what do you do? Um, traditionally, you can go seek a therapist, mm-hmm. but they're expensive, hard to find, or you can buy self-help books 
to learn about how to deal with it or internet articles. Mm-hmm. Um, so meditation apps are great because you can, uh, you know, at a few clicks, you can have experts in your ear right away that are providing you different perspectives. I, I think it's so interesting. We are 10 years into the Apple App Store, and we're still kind of exploring what what the meaning of like a, a a truly programmable device in our pocket that's always on, always available mm. can do, you know, the, and it's, it's things like audio network connections, you know, the fact that this, um, this audio content can be downloaded uh, very quickly. Mm. Um, you know, in some ways this is something you could do in 2008, but, um, but yet you kind of have to be in 2018 to, to have, enough people be comfortable with it, familiar with it. It's kind of this waiting for that waiting for that tidal wave of consumer behavior to kind of catch up and crash down mm. and, and, you know, clear a market space for you. Mm. Definitely like audio, mm-hmm. um, the trend behind audio and I actually brought one of those like AirPods. Yeah. Um, these are increasing the consumption of audio content. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. yeah it's, it's little, it's little things like that. It's, yeah tweaks on the existing technology that actually um, make, you know, make kind of almost a step change um, mm-hmm. in in consumer adoption. Yeah. Well, that that is, might be why podcasts are currently having the kind of their second boom. I wonder if AirPods are behind that uh, wave of consumption of audio content as well. Mm-hmm. I think there's something there. Yeah, absolutely. But also Simple Habit just raised uh, money this month. I think they raised uh, 10 million. Is that right? That's right. So who'd you raise that money from and uh, why now? Mm. We raised uh, our Series A round led by Foundation Capital. Mm-hmm. And why now? Uh, we, I, so we graduated from YC last year. Mm-hmm. And when we first graduated, we were doing like half a million dollars in revenue at that well, time. Um, and I think that's pretty impressive for yeah. you know, a Y Combinator funded company. You're usually very early stage. That's right. When yeah. you go through Y Combinator, so that's yeah. a, a, actually a lot of revenue. I would I would think for that stage of company, it was quite a lot. Um, I started working on Simple Habit when I was at Stanford Business School, mm-hmm. um, so we launched it there and started doing really well. And and, and then I went through uh, I left school to go through YC, and uh, yeah, we were doing pretty well. Um, we grew s- since then. We've grown 10x. Mm-hmm. Um, now we're doing over five million dollars in revenue. And most of this growth has been organic because mm-hmm. our users tell their friends and family. Also, doctors and therapists recommend Simple Habit mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so in terms of why now, there has been this organic growth behind us. And mm-hmm. so we want to start um, accelerate, accelerating our growth. So the other uh, apps that we – the meditation apps that we featured this season um, – one was trending because it was calm and it had recently partnered with American Airlines and Headspace had partnered with uh, Virgin Atlantic. Mm-hmm. Um, do you see Simple Habit partnering with any sort of other businesses or airlines or something like that maybe down the line to bring meditation um, to new users? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we would love to partner with um, companies that want to build more mindful culture. Um, I think what we could really help with is uh, stress, anxiety, and these are things that really help you perform better at work, but also at home. Um, so yeah, we definitely would be interested in uh, partnering with brands and companies. Awesome, very cool. Well, um, thanks so much for being here. You know, we appreciate it a lot. And with that, I guess we'll move on to our second startup of the week. 
Yes, and you know we'd love to uh, have you also weigh in uh, yeah. on what you think of the, what these other entrepreneurs are doing and bring your mm. startup founder perspective to them. Yeah, so up next we have Point, um, which is a point-of-sale system. They do like smart terminals for merchants. Um, they focus on you know smaller merchants like restaurants, but smaller businesses, that kind of thing. And they're so in the these are card swipers primarily, yes. like your card, I should say dippers. Mm-hmm. Actually, t- taking payments has gotten really complex for businesses in just the past few years since the credit card companies have all switched to these chip cards um, that you've probably noticed. And I, I noticed, especially when they first rolled out, like there were lines at Trader Joe's when there aren't normally lines because people were having such problems with the with the new chips. Mm-hmm. Um, so a point, I assume, lets you swipe, lets you dip. They they handle all the payment. Do they also do Apple Pay and, and well, that wireless payment? Um, I'm not sure about wireless payment, I, but they basically they're they're they don't like to compare themselves to Square because they are different. But they offer two devices that are like two smart terminals, and also they have the point operating system, um, which can operate on all sorts of um, devices. So they they're in the news this week because they raised 100 million dollars in Whoa. Series C funding. Yep, um, led by Elevon and National Australia Bank. Um, and they're using this money to right now they're in the United States and Brazil and they're using that money to spread or to expand into seven new countries in Europe and Asia. Um, and basically they want to also partner with the makers of traditional payment terminals. You see them, the clunky Mm -hmm. plastic kind of terminals that are behind the counter, um, to bring a phone that that kind of thing. They said the big ones, they wouldn't name names, but they did mention those kinds of companies to bring their software into their, uh, traditional terminals hardware. It is interesting. Um, you know, everyone wants to be kind of a, you know, a, a software platform these days, um, and run little apps. Um, Square, you know, for example, offers not just payments, but payroll and time cards and, um, you know, marketing automation and analytics. Um, And I think that's kind of the trend. So it sounds like Point also wants to provide, you know, not just not just payments. It's it seems like it's tough to get by on just payments as a business. And you need like some other other kind of lines of business. Yeah, I think that's why everyone tries to get into to loans, Owen. I think a lot of companies, once they get an idea of a business's cash flow, because if you are their point of sale system, you know how much revenue they're doing. That's why they move into using that data to drive more loans. But what's really cool about this round, uh, before the show, I looked up their funding history, and their last known round was their Series B back in October of 2015, which means that that was over three years ago. So that's a really long time to go. And usually it's kind of a bearish signal, but Point then raised $100 million, which is way more than it raised before. So ironically, I wonder if it was a sign of strength that they didn't raise for so long. Maybe they just didn't need to. That's impressive. Yeah, though, though I wonder with the fierce competition, I mean, the reality is Square is a direct competitor. I mean, they can talk about it any way they like, but um, you know, they're out there. Verifone is not going away. Uh, First Data has a subsidiary um, based in the Bay Area called Clover, which actually makes very similar um, handheld, uh, user-friendly devices with um, with their own um, app store that runs on top of Android. So, I mean, there are a lot of people tackling this market. I mean, I think the thing is, it's a universal need. Um, you know, did you go with Stripe for payments since they're a more yeah. company? 
Yeah. Yeah. I think there so, was some uh, kind of deal too for YC companies. <laughs> I don't remember. <yeah. laughs> I mean, you know, but whether whether you're doing point of sale retail or e-commerce as, you know, a simple habit is doing, you need something uh, what they call rails. You need some kind of system to take, you know, largely credit card payments. Um, and it's it's very hard to build yourself and build in all the fraud and security. Yeah. So I think that you know, on the one hand, there's a lot of competition. On the other, there's so much Demand. opportunity. Yeah. yeah. Um, is that, uh, you know, is that something you uh, spend a lot of time on? Because obviously, like, every dollar you take has to be processed somehow. Or, or yeah. do you find it just runs, just kind of runs well, and you don't have to think about it too much? Uh, to be honest, we don't spend too much time thinking about it. We um, think about build versus buy. Mm -hmm. This is the type of product that you would absolutely want to buy because you don't want to uh, reinvent the wheels. Yeah, um, which is why we use Stripe. Yeah, yeah. So I think the I think the same dynamic uh, plays out in in retail payments. Is you know, businesses want something that just kind of runs. So um, Sophia, what's what's your sense? You also looked at the launch of Square's handheld terminal recently. Do you have a strong sense of which one might win out? Well, so Square, I mean, is very, very popular among, you know, all smaller merchants, but all kinds of merchants. And um, they also recently launched their Square Terminal. Mm -hmm. um, I think, I mean, Square is doing very, very well. However, I would say Point, what's interesting about them is why they say, or why the CEO is saying they don't like to consider Square competition is because they're really trying to sell their software. Because mm -hmm. right now they're saying, you know, if you're on Square, you're locked into you know, Square, like how Square works, whereas with Point, um, they want to be able to translate their operating system across all types of hardware. They actually mm -hmm. initially set out to do just the software portion, but they built the hardware because they had to. Um, so, and, I, and that's an interesting, interesting point. So Square mm -hmm. is its own processor. Does Point work with, you know, if you already have a bank that you're working with? Yeah, like, so they, they don't, what they say is like, they don't want you necessarily switch banks. You can, you actually buy the, um, the point terminal you mm -hmm. buy it through your bank, so they work with processing banks like Chase and Chase and Bank of America are the two two big ones. Um, City is also out there. I mean, all the big banks have some some kind of processing business. Yeah, so they work with big processing banks, so you can buy their their software through um, through the bank and then get set up with your account and whatnot. Um, but they want to be able to, like, their idea is being able to give a merchant choice between, you know, the bank that they have and their hardware and their software. So they're trying to do something a little bit different than Square, I think. It seems pretty similar at yeah. you know, face value. But. Well, I think that, you know, that might set them, set them up nicely to be an acquisition for, um, you know, a a hardware maker like Verifone or, mm -hmm. you know, another company that's kind of more traditional in terms of working with banks. Like there, there's not a conflict um, as there might, you know, as there might be with Square, mm -hmm. um, which has its own processing business. Mm -hmm. So I think that um, I, I would think from the investor's perspective too, they might see some value in that, uh, in that outcome um, that, you know, that this could fit better mm -hmm. with a bigger business. Absolutely. Uh, you know, any, any uh, Stanford Business School <laughs> observations on... I honestly on the... don't know much about uh, the space, so... Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, but, I, you know, I do think it's, it's so interesting. You know, you see, like, uh, where credit card processing used to be so boring. Now it's like you go to your local store and they've got a different device on the counter every week, it seems. Mm. 
Um, yeah. You know, my local coffee shop just switched to switched to Square, and it's like, oh yeah, you don't have to, you know, use this clunky device that was taking up the whole counter. Mm-hmm. Our third company this week is Sappho, which is actually our deal of the week because it was acquired by Citrix for just around two hundred million dollars. Oh well. Yep. Um, so they are based in San Bruno, though now they are in Citrix's office in Santa Clara. Um, and what Safa basically does is it pulls in all of your work-related tasks into one feed. So if you, you know, usually for most workplaces, all of your, a lot of things are in different systems. So if you have to file an expense report, if you have to file for paid time off, those are all in different systems. And um, I spoke to their co-founder, who is now the VP of product at Citrix, and he was telling me, you know, Part of the problem is a lot of times employees spend a lot of time having to switch from system to system to complete all of these kind of busy work tasks instead of the job that they're actually hired to do. Um, so Safo pulls all of those into one feed so you can just go through all those tasks. Um, and they're acquired by Citrix. And part of what he was saying that what this will do is they want to kind of turbocharge um, Citrix's workspace. So Owen, do you want to tell us a little bit about Citrix? Well, Citrix is best known for remote access. I mean, I think that's a that's the product that people think of when you when you say, "Oh, I logged in via Citrix." You're using it to um, to access some kind of server or tool remotely, um, as you know, as you as you would if you were in you know at work. For example, we you know, I know we use it here at the Chronicle, so. Um, the problem is when you have that one like really successful company defining product is getting people to think of you as anything else. So, you know, for for me, when I see Citrix making an acquisition like this, I think they're trying to diversify um, and broaden what they do. My question is, can, you know, uh, can they get people to think of them as being more than what they what they know? But this seems like a good fit because like I I think of Citrix as the way I get to certain work tools. So thematically, there's a fit. Mm-hmm. Um, then it becomes more a question of Citrix's sales force. Can they go out and sell companies and convince them to buy it? And that's often a reason why smaller companies have to sell uh, or you know find that find that selling is a good you know is a is a better option for them because they can plug into a company that already has a sales force. Mm-hmm. So when I was speaking to um, to the to Safa this week, they were t- telling me like basically their vision aligned with what Citrix was trying to mm-hmm. do, which is why they felt like it was a good fit. Um, but also they said a major selling point for them was Citrix's footprint. A lot of major companies use them, mm-hmm. and so they're being able, you know, they're exposed to all of these companies mm-hmm. through Citrix. What kind of companies are they that are using Citrix? A lot of different types. I mean, we or Hearst um, uses them. I think it's, I think they have a pretty good uh, you know like Fortune 500 mm, customer I base, um, but um, you know it's a pretty it's a pretty common remote access tool. It's almost mm. like the industry standard. It's kind of what you what you use. I mean, there are, you know I know there are other options out there, but mm-hmm. I I know so many companies yeah. that do use it. Um, Alex, was this a good outcome for Sappho? From what you can tell, yeah, that's. It's pr- it's probably okay. So they raised just under twenty eight million total, and their last round was a fourteen million round back in uh, April of twenty seventeen. So I'm going to go ahead and presume this is an up exit for the company, just given probably what you bought 
with $14 million in a Series B, but I don't think it's a smash hit. I don't think it's what these investors were hoping for. Um, as we all know, venture capitalists really are shooting for a 10x multiple. They want to have those big hits that really drive returns into their funds. Um, the Probably the angel and seed investors did very well, but it's not exactly a, a smash hit. But at the same time, can you really ever mock a $200 million exit? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's more money than I've made. So I, I can't really look down my nose. But certainly if you were the last investor, you were probably hoping for a slightly larger outcome. And you probably were patient enough to wait. But that was you know roughly 18 months ago, which is the normal venture capital kind of fundraising cadence. So they probably were either looking to raise or sell. And uh, Citrix and 200 million probably was just about the right amount of money. So I don't know, you know, how would you feel about 200 million dollars uh, right now? <laughs> no comment on that. <laughs> fair fair but, enough. Well, yeah. That will be a 40x revenue multiple for Simple Habit, and I think even in today's money, that's pretty good. Uh, so <laughs> you know, but that's yeah. you know, that's the thing about Silicon Valley is like it's not about uh, it's you know, it's not about tomorrow or or the next day. It is it is what people see. A year, you know, three years, five years down the road. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know what? Uh, what should we be looking for next from Simple Habit? What? Uh, mm. What's the What's the big kind of uh, big move you're going to make? Yeah. So our vision is to build the destination where people can trust for mental wellness. So if you look at life in general, there's lots of high moments and also mm-hmm. low moments. Yeah, I would say uh, half and half or even more low moments. But there are lots of products that are built for high moments. For example, if I have something to brag about, I go to Facebook. And so if you look at my Facebook profile, mm-hmm. it seems like the happiest person in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> if you can afford to travel, you go to Airbnb. and right, There are lots of products that are built for the high moments. But when you're in the moment when you're feeling um, sad about something because somebody in your family or friends have passed away uh, or you're nervous before um, giving a talk, um, there isn't like one place to go to. Uh, and that's what we're building. Um, and I think the supply side of our business is really interesting because meditation teachers, therapists, executive coaches, um, they've, they, they, that's what they help people with um, just in different ways. And they don't have um, online presence. And what we're building for them is giving them more access so that they can have huge impact in people's world, like right in your ear, like at the moment you need. Oh, that sounds like a good plan. Well, if Safa's investors are actually sad, as Alex <laughs> believes they should be, I think uh, I think we have just the uh, just the solution in uh, in Yuna's company for uh, for what they need to do to chill out. <laughs> Well, thank you again, Yuna, for joining us this week. And thank you to all of you for listening in. We'll be back next week with three more startups. Thank you. Thank you. Startups of the Week is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is the editor-in-chief. If you like the show, we'd love it if you'd subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you've got a minute to give us a quick review, that helps us build our audience so we can keep growing. Read more startups coverage at sfchronicle.com slash business. And news.crunchbase.com. Follow us on Twitter at Tech Chronicle and support Startups of the Week and a lot of great journalism with a subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe. Subscribe.